Well, I would say what we recommend that applies to all churches, whether you are a church plant or you know just getting started or a, a small church that has been in its neighborhood for decades and has you know folks that are like, well, this is how it's always been done, you know, to a multi-campus church that actually has a team and, and multiple teams and multiple locations, you know, adaptability, flexibility really is the key. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Social Media Church podcast. My name's Aaron, and I am one of your co hosts here on the show. I'm not joined by Nils Smith today, but I am joined by one of my new friends. We actually just spent a ton of time before we hit record talking about animals. Uh, so, definitely a quick connection here with Don Nicole Baldwin who is the founder and lead strategist for Aspire One. Don, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Don's also going to be speaking at our social media church conference, very first one ever. And so I'm really excited to have Don here today to kind of introduce herself to you, also let you guys know what she's going to be talking about. And if you haven't claimed your spot at the social media church conference, you can go to socialmedia.church slash conference. Uh, but Don, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. I, I really appreciate it, especially on the maiden voyage of the social media conference. I appreciate that. Thanks, and and uh, I'm, I'm a friend of Nils as well. And so I'm, I'm glad that you guys had connected. But uh, thanks for having me. Um, as you had said, I had started Aspire One. Oh my goodness, a very long, very long time ago <laughs> before that tell everybody how long I've, because Don, i think it's really it's cool that over, like I know. it's awesome it's awesome it's been over 25 years last last uh, summer we wow, celebrated wow. our 25th anniversary and if you can believe that once upon a time i actually led communications at willow creek community church back in its okay. heyday and okay. was on the um, advertising and uh, licensing team for VeggieTales. And so if you thought we got Very off track nice. talking about animals, if we start with the silly songs, it's it's just yes. it's a train wreck. Yes. We're done. It's it's over from there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, fruits and veggies, all that. Wow, that's really cool. Don, I did not know that. I'm going to learn a lot about you uh, just in this interview, just as our audience is, if they're not familiar with you. But yeah, continue, Don. I just think it's really cool you've been doing this and being in this space for 25 years. Thank you. I, well, and actually, it, it really it started because we, my husband is uh, part of the team with me, and we really have a passion for wanting to help churches to reach people more effectively. That's why it started. Uh, we had originally split our time between marketplace companies and ministries, but our, our hearts are really for helping the church to reach people more effectively and to help them grow. Yep. And so that is everything from planning launches to name changes to identity development to website development wow. to like, you know, how do we grow our team? How do we help our leadership understand the value of communications? How do we hire a communications director? Like all of that stuff with thinking about how do we help ministries to go to the next level and understand who they're trying to reach what is their unique calling in the kingdom and how does that all fit together with communications? That's really what we love to do and have been doing for, for quite some time. 
That's really cool. And, and is this what you went to school for? How did you realize, wow, I am equipped to help nonprofits and churches? I want to start there. And then I have some other questions after that, because I'm also curious uh, about how those conversations with churches go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually, we both went to, we're on the creative side, my husband and I both. Uh, I went to a defunct art school that no longer exists anymore <laughs> with, awesome. with a degree awesome. in design that doesn't We're account the last for graduating class. anything. Oh, I know. No, it's so sad. Like the degrees that we have really literally don't count for anything. <laughs> Um, but when we were starting in the creative space, you know, and, and ministries would ask for help with logo design or anything yeah. of that nature, we were asking a lot of questions that other teams, I didn't know that they weren't asking. And so we were trying to get under, like, well, who is it that we're trying to reach? Now, this is back when marketing right. was considered a very dirty word in the world of yes, most yes. ministries. You didn't say that. And so, you know, this is like blast from the past. We were teaching at outreach conferences that wow. used to be held over in California and helping them to understand sure. that strategy actually influences execution. So yes. that's really where things had started. And so we had brought a bunch of people, like I was on the team for the, the rebranding of the Willow Creek Association before I was on staff. So I was introduced to a lot of like bona fide consultants that had gone to school for this. So they, they joined our team and um, were working with us and had taught me a ton about consulting and like what does this really mean and how does this work and and how do we help yes. organizations to think about what it is that they're trying to say before they just jump into execution which is what most people do and it makes sense because execution is right. tangible it feels like we're making a difference but if we don't know yep. what we're building or why then it really doesn't matter you know, what it is that we do we may or may totally. not be landing in the right place so um, that's yeah, how we that's had right. kind of learned on the consulting side, which was a, a much less expensive way than, <laughs> than yes. our colleagues had learned. And um, we were able to put that into practice for our ministry partners. And so um, how I started working with churches, the short story is I, I was starting this, this team by myself. It was just me, myself, and I. My husband was working at a, wow. as a creative director at a, a small boutique advertising True. agency, I kept asking him to come join me. He's like, yeah, last I checked, you're not uh, profitable. So no, right, know, someone's right. got someone's got to pay rent. And um, we yeah, were really yeah. broke. I mean, like broke, broke. And so I was donating wow. um, my time and creative services to our local church, which at the time was Willow Creek. And so we were helping them with like big campaigns for major outreaches sure. and things like that. And when their communications director went on maternity leave, she's like, hey, would you like to take over my job? And my husband's like, oh, wow. yes, yeah, benefits. That's a great thing, salary. So he actually took over yeah, yeah. my clients. I went to work at Willow. I was there for a little bit. From there, went to, to VeggieTales. And that was when the internet was really cool. taking off. And so my husband's like, we're, we're busy. I, I need you. You need to forget about the vegetables. Please come back. You know? And so I joined yes. him in 2001. And um, we've been working together and building the team since then. So that's been, that's been fun oh, for us. Wow. That is so cool, Don. Thank you so much for sharing. I have so many questions off the back of this. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. Uh, I think it's a perfect fit that you're here uh, speaking at the conference this year, you're on this podcast because in a lot of ways you talked about marketing being a dirty word with churches. Well, social media is 
equally as much of a dirty word uh, with churches, uh, less so now, and same with marketing. And then we live in a world where we've combined those two words, Facebook marketing, which may be the most offensive uh, thing that we could say to churches, at least it was a few years ago. And so I think on this podcast, Nils and I have finally convinced our audience that being on social media is a worthy endeavor. Uh, But a lot of people entering into this game now are just trying to figure it out still, trying to look, figure out where to go, how to do it. And that's why we put this conference together. And that's why we have people like you come on to this podcast so we can create free resources. Uh, the conference isn't a free resource, but we also believe uh, that when people put a little bit of capital down, they're more likely to execute on the intelligent, smart things that Don and the Dons of the world are saying so that their ministry can be amplified. And in the same way that your heartbeat to introduce marketing in a really strategic, intentional way to ministries for the sake of their ministry, not for the sake of business, um, is the same heartbeat we have for social media, where we want to see people leverage the tool of social media so that people can be introduced to Jesus and the gospel can be spread all around the world. And so this is a perfect fit, even more so than I even realized. Uh, I loved it that you use this, uh, use the term dirty word yeah it's it's meeting them where they're at using the tools and the language of the day and social media is the tools and the and the language of the day and especially you know how what church is not trying to reach younger people well younger people are on social media so are older people older people everybody is literally on social so it's like we are totally doing totally. them and our ministries a disservice if we put our you know hands over our ears yes. and just go la 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 you know just like we were waiting for the internet mm-hmm. fad to pass with churches that were not excited right. about wanting to get websites you know for their ministries it feels slick yes. or manipulative but but the good news is we can leverage those principles for something that truly matters yes. you know I mean, we're not trying to manipulate people. We're not trying mm-hmm. to swindle them or, or take advantage of them or mislead them. We're trying to introduce them to Jesus and to make them that's feel it, it. valued and seen and connected. And, and that's a lot of what my talk is about. It's, it's really helping, it's leveraging these tools to connect with people and do what the church really right. at its core is meant to do, right? Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up websites. Uh, that's another thing that was kind of like the pre-social media. Uh, Nils is like, you got to have a website. Oh, do I really? And it's like, okay, but well, Facebook already exists. So we should stop talking about the website. Let's get on to Facebook. Uh, all of those things. What are some of those pathways that you're creating? And I know you're going to get into this in your talk, but maybe more specific uh, part of the strategy or what you're passionate about. I know you were mentioning uh, before we hit record, your husband specifically leads a creative team and is involved in the website uh, design and and things like that for the different clients that you work with. Um, Don, what part of the strategy are you most passionate about? Oh, you know, I, I am most passionate about helping ministry leaders have the light bulbs go on when they can see how these yes. ideas really apply to them and they feel empowered to put them into action. That's what gets me excited. And and you're right. My husband leads our digital teams and his background is in user experience design. You know, that's when I yes. mentioned I came back was the whole Internet thing was blowing up, which feels like yeah. forever and a day ago. But that has continued to evolve and become more and more sophisticated over time. And so understanding mm-hmm. what it is that you have to offer 
and how do and what types of people are we trying to connect with and what their needs yeah. are that's when you've got a, a scenario that is intuitive and it feels uh, seamless you don't have to think about what you're looking for it's like the site knows what it is that you're looking for that's that's well yes. thought out design and strategy is a big part of that well likewise with social media if we're thinking of this as a conduit to connect with people it actually is two parts you can look at it to increase your visibility so it's easier for people yeah. who don't know you to connect with you and you can look at it also as a conduit to connect and to deepen the relationships with people who already know us and so it's it's such a beautiful tool that is severely underused especially in the ministry space and i think it's because just people are very they're unsure of what to do it feels kind of overwhelming sure. and it feels like a little scary so it's like uh you know i don't know what we should do and it's funny that you mentioned kind of the jump between like websites and um, social, kind of the in-between yeah. was with the pandemic last year when everyone needed, had to start live streaming, right? It's like everything shut down, yes. you've got to start, you know, we got we to gotta live stream, we got to do something. And there were several clients that we were working with that, you know, had never, they weren't even doing the live streaming, they were kind of pushing back. Well, our phone was right. ringing off the hook with people who were like, oh, now what do we do? We have to do this. And I was surprised with how many ministries, even now, that still are asking, it's like, well, do we have, I mean, we're gathering in person again now, do we still need to do live right. streaming? Like, you know, isn't the point of live streaming just to get them to our building anyway, or it was just kind of an in-between? And, yes. and they're missing this huge Don, opportunity. Oh, you are missing a huge opportunity because you have two different, you're able to expand your audience outside yes. of your building because the church is not a building, right? The church is right. not a location. The church is a body of believers. Well, bodies of believers can be everywhere. And so if we are yes. supposed to go to all the nations to proclaim the gospel and introduce people to Jesus and strengthen their relationship with them, why would yep. we not take that more seriously. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I want to pivot just a little bit because of what you're talking about, reaching people uh, and live streaming being the tool during the pandemic that was um, able to still feed people's communities uh, when they couldn't physically gather. And I think a lot of churches are viewing even online media differently uh, and what I mean by this is uh, creating content. And so you have piqued my interest working, I'm assuming closely with VeggieTales, uh, which is purely media. And so I'm curious from your perspective, when people are talking and maybe some churches are wrestling through this right now, I know our churches, uh, how are we balancing being a church as well as kind of pivoting to being a media company um, and actually creating media that spreads the gospel versus just thinking about, I run church services on the weekend. Do you want to speak to that? Speak to that. Yeah. You know, that's a really interesting and insightful point, Aaron, because I think that when we, when we look at the people that we're trying to reach, they are consumers at heart, it, whether we want to admit it or not, right? They're being bombarded yeah, yeah. with marketing messages and high quality media um, everywhere they look. And you know, sometimes churches can feel the expectation that they have to be at the same level. 
smaller churches are like, well, should we even bother? We don't have a team of yeah. 25 people and a budget of a bazillion dollars and the time to do it. You know, <laughs> is it worth doing at all? And what's, I think what's really encouraging for everyone is to think about the purpose behind it. And so media, yeah. Yeah. when it becomes ministry, is when we look at the purpose behind it. Are we helping to move people closer to Jesus in an intentional way that doesn't feel cheesy, that doesn't feel salesy, that doesn't feel like a, a, a yeah. video version of a track, you know, that we're handing people. It's like we just get totally. discounted when we do that. But if we can connect with culture in meaningful ways and use the language that they're speaking, which is media, yeah. um, we have a much higher chance of, of reaching them with the most important story that's ever been told, right? So right, keeping right. in mind why we're doing what we're doing and how do we yeah. do that is, is I think the most important part. Mm -hmm. The second part to encourage folks that don't have a lot of time, money or resources yes. to do it is that with the advent of the iPhone <laughs> and with, with uh, social media platforms like TikTok that are out there, exactly, That's the right. standard right. is, is um, not as high. Things don't need to be slick and That's saran wrapped right. and Everybody polished. can play this game. Exactly, everyone can do it. And so, and, and quite honestly, people today, your audiences today would rather have authenticity than polish and package. And so if that means that yes. you're a pastor and you're just pulling out your phone, you're like, hey, here's something that I was thinking about that I wanted to share and then send, that counts. You don't need to have a totally. bunch of fancy lights and like your makeup done and you know, like, well, I yeah. need to have my makeup done, but most people don't, you know I mean? It's like, you don't have to do that. It's yeah. okay. Authenticity and relevancy and timeliness are gonna trump package perfection all the time. It doesn't mean that there's not yeah, room yeah. or space for things to be polished, right. but it's it's not the standard. It's not the the only diet that you need to consume. You know? Yeah, we had our youth pastor on this uh, episode talking about kind of reaching Gen Z, and he talked about uh, one of the core values of uh, the youth ministry at our church uh, being that authenticity piece. And he was talking about one of the ways you don't become irrelevant is when you're true to yourself and what the, the kids don't want you to wear skinny jeans and look like and act like them and be friends with them even, uh, they want you to pastor them, they want you to lead them, they want you to be there for them, hear them, understand them, accept them, all of those things. And so, yeah, the authenticity piece, I don't think we can stress enough, especially in a world of marketing and social media. Uh, the authenticity piece is, is real. And what's great news about that for us is each of us can be real to ourselves and you just whip out your iPhone and you hop on Instagram. Um, but I want to stay on the VeggieTales thing just for a second, because this is a unique opportunity that we have somebody that was so close to this. Um, I'm, I'm curious a few things, uh, as, especially as we're thinking about the content we're creating. And I would challenge uh, church leaders right now, uh, to think about even how we're presenting the gospel uh, online. At one of the things we're, to be practical, one of the things we're working through right now as uh, a church is how do we, is what we're doing online on the weekend supposed to be a church service that's broadcast or is it supposed to elicit the same responses that a church service in person elicits? And those responses are people looking for prayer requests, ultimately people getting saved, uh, introducing to people uh, in a space where they respond in worship, they learn something. And so we're working through like, well, how does that, 
happen in a video online? Uh, does that look like every normal element of, of being in service? And I say all that to say, uh, let me say a physical service. Uh, and I say all that to say, were there salvations and people being saved from the content of VeggieTales that was going out? And just in the sense and in vain of media going out that is VeggieTales, that is not what we would understand a church service, but was VeggieTales as the Christian media eliciting a response that you might see on a weekend at a church on a Sunday morning? I see what you're saying. Um, well, we didn't have tracking mechanisms that I was aware sure. of when I was on staff there about salvations as a result of watching the content. But I, I do know sure. that a lot of um, churches actually used the videos during their children's programming. So they were doing that. And sure. then the church is what would step up to then, you know, take them to that next step. I don't know that it was designed to, um, yes. you know, to, to try to get people to cross that line as much as for them to be introduced to the content and to think of it in new ways. Yeah. Um, we were surprised with the audiences that it resonated with, too. It's like we had a huge college campus following. It was it was insane, you know, wow. with college students that would have like slumber parties and watch parties. They didn't call them watch parties. That's back amazing. Then, but they amazing. would have like watch parties. And, they, and I think what what worked with that was that it was taking, you know, timeless truths and packaging them in a way that was thoughtful, that was uh, clever, that was entertaining, and it was making it easy for people to want to listen. So, yes, so what, yes. what Phil Vischer and, and the, the team really did a great job with was helping to capture people's attention so that then they had a chance for the message yes. to be heard. And a lot of times ministries, um, you know, for better or for worse, are so focused on what the message is, they're not as focused on the packaging. And if we if we don't yes. capture someone's attention, it doesn't matter how great the message is, they're not, it's gonna fall on deaf ears. And so thinking about what That's it is exactly. that we're trying to say and the purpose is, is really the, the key, I think, there. Yes. And back to your earlier question about with the online what? services, what are we trying to do? Yeah. I, I think that there's really, there's two audiences that you're serving by streaming online services. They have the same needs, but they need to be met differently. And I do talk a little mm -hmm. bit about this too. And so when you're streaming your online services and people are wanting to learn, they're wanting to grow, they wanna serve, they wanna connect, they wanna be seen, they wanna be valued, mm -hmm. but that's gonna take place in a different way yes. when you're in person than when you're online. Online people still need to serve. You know, they still need to grow yeah, spiritually. Yeah. They still need to connect and find community. But just the way that they do that is going to look differently than how it happens in person. That's so right, I think right. what I would encourage churches to do is to take heart. You know that you know most of us are figuring this out as we go along. Like there were some churches that totally. had some advanced foresight, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to get a jump on this before you know the pandemic actually happened." So they had a little bit of a head start. But the majority of churches didn't. That's the great Dane that I was telling you about that was wandering by. Yeah, so I right. apologize. Yes. Sometimes she gets up and Some wanders people, around. If you're watching on YouTube, you might see her. She, yeah. she doesn't, so I <laughs> don't mind her. Um, but anyway, 
But what, so the, the best thing that I can do to encourage ministries is to not just try to duplicate one in another as much as you may have the same content, but then think about the connections in different ways. Like how do we tailor growth and connections and community experiences so it's different for an online audience versus an in-person audience? Same needs, right. but they get executed differently, if that makes sense. That's right. Absolutely. Don, that's so good. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of insight there. I think the encouragement uh, that we all need that you brought up is that, especially the pandemic, even the churches that started ahead of COVID, we're all trying to figure out uh, where this is going and how to implement this better and how to steward our online communities. And nobody has this figured out. And in a lot of ways, the spaces that you're in, Don, the spaces that I'm in that Nils is in that Greg's in that all of our speakers at the conferences here are in is we're in an ever changing world because there could be something new that comes out tomorrow and we got to figure out how do we utilize this tool to advance the kingdom of the gospel. Um, and so, yeah, what a great opportunity we have to explore that together. Don, I'm curious as we kind of start to wrap this up, uh, what encouragement would you give, uh, or what, what, not generic. Let's be specific. What what kind of encouragement are you giving the clients you're working with in this season uh, more specifically? Well, I would say what we recommend that applies to all churches, whether you are a church plant or, you know, just getting started mm -hmm. or a, a small church that has been in its neighborhood for decades yeah. and has, you know, folks that are like, well, this is how it's always been done, you know, to a multi-campus church that actually has a team and, and or multiple teams and multiple locations, you know, adaptability, flexibility really is the key. Number one, you know, it's like we really want to just because it worked for us before doesn't mean that it's going to continue to work. You may have outgrown it. The people that you're trying to serve may have outgrown what we're trying to do. So keeping that innovation mindset is really important. And it, I know it feels exhausting because it's like, oh, that's that's so much work. It's like we finally figured it out. Now we've got to figure it out again. It's like, well, yes, right. but it's worth it because the people we're trying to reach, yes, yes. you know, their souls are at stake. They are worth it. Right. And, you know, God wants us to give our very best. And I, I know folks are tired. Um, many of the ministries that yes. we work with were laughing, you know, all shapes and sizes. They're like, I had no idea that not having church was going to be <laughs> so exhausting. You know, like now we're trying yeah. to pull off these, you know, huge productions in addition to handle right, social right. and also it's just, it's exhausting. And so caring for yourself and knowing that it's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint is important. Trying to find ways that you can get little mini breathers, um, talking to your leadership leaders, allow some yes. space yes. for your team so that they can catch a breath because you know everybody we we everybody talked about frontline workers and healthcare workers and, and my sister is a, yeah. a ER nurse at a huge trauma wow. one, you know hospital outside of Chicago they're exhausted but i think that ministry staff and ministry leaders are in the exact same boat they have yes. been running yes. the exact same race without a break without anything you know for the same amount of time they're just as tired without getting the yep. recognition yep. so leaders you know try to give your your team some space it's okay to take breaks um if you are not in leadership bring it up you know feel free to ask totally. for that or talk to them a little bit about it try to come up with some other ways because 
you know, ministry burnout is a thing and we need you. Everybody needs you. So hang in there. You know, that would be the, the second big thing. What a good word there, Don. Uh, I want to, I got away from this. I can't believe I got away from this uh, asking our guests on the podcast. Um, when the social dilemma came out, that was one of the things that I really wanted to continue and still do in a lot of ways. Want this podcast to speak to uh, and to help with is uh, the social dilemma should not have told us to get off of social media, um, but it does need to uh, make awaken us to the fact that we need to be aware of what's happening and how it's going. Uh, and so I, you brought up self-care. Uh, you also brought up encouragement that this is a worthy endeavor to continue walking down even when it's hard because there's souls at stake. Uh, and these are areas we need to explore and we need to chart because it's where lost souls are. And so knowing that that's true, uh, if we're going to continue down that road, we must care for ourselves. Uh, so Don, I would love to, one of the rhythms I got into is asking our guests, asking our guests, what is one tip or one thing they do, uh, to make living in a digital world sustainable. Uh, and a lot of people have rhythms on their phone, uh, that they gave suggestions about, but, uh, Don, I want to ask you in the spirit of, uh, encouraging people to do self-care specifically as it pertains to digital self-care, what's something that you practice that you could offload to somebody right now that might help them, uh, live in a sustainable digital space. I think that's a really good question and oftentimes we don't think about that or at least we're not consciously thinking about it because it's just stuff that we do you know we have our phone with us constantly we don't really think about putting it down 10 years ago it was kind of taboo to expect emails to come over the weekends you know not only for churches but for everybody in corporate but now it's just sort of expected there is no off so what what I do I mean my kids are grown now but for folks who that have young families and i can say even with my spouse and when i'm with my families yes exactly put your family first (laughs) it's it's okay to you have Mm. to put the phone down put your family first and so it's not i I can't tell you how many times i see you know restaurants my husband and i love to go out to eat and so we go to restaurants you know constantly he's he's a chef foodie guy too and so he loves to go places i'm i'm all for you know like food yeah sure i'm i'm in So we'll go to restaurants and I'm amazed how many couples will be at a table together and they're both staring at their phone. They're not talking to each other. They're not talking about what's going on. They're not paying attention to kids. Now I get sometimes kids need some screen time just so that parents can, you know, have a moment to themselves that there's no shame in that. But being intentional about putting your family first and putting away the devices for a period of time so you can actually connect because that's what's important. That's what people remember. They're not going to remember you know, whatever they watched or the last funny video that they saw, they're going to remember those dinner conversations and coming home after school and connecting, you know, after work. So put it down and it's, it's hard. I know that I totally feel it. You know, I have to catch myself if we're in a car and my husband's driving, I'm picking up my phone, like what's going on? he's just like, what are you doing? Just talk to me. You know, I can't, yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> so put the phone down. So that that would probably be the number one thing that I could encourage folks that I try to remember on a constant basis because it's so, so important. So important. Yeah, Don, thank you so much for sharing that. And so thankful that you joined us, took time out of your day to hop on this podcast, help us get excited about what's coming in this conference in just a few weeks. 
Um, Don, what is the best place for people to connect with you? I have no doubt that somebody's listening right now and somebody wants to connect with you on a more personal way, maybe see what's going on in your world more regularly. Best place to connect with you. Best place is to email me. And I have a separate email just for conference attendees for the social conference, Ooh. the social church conference. And so okay. it's just dawn, dawn at aspireone.com, A-S-P-I-R-E-O-N.com. And so that's the easiest, that's quickest, fastest way to get in touch with me. I uh, would love to hear what you guys are doing, love to help however we can. Um, I had mentioned in my talk that we're offering complimentary introductory calls to learn about what you're doing and how we might be able to help and so there's no expectations obligations or assumptions on our part at all we're just you know wanting to provide sure. a resource for you guys so feel free to shoot me an email and um, we're happy to set something up and see what we can do to potentially help you guys well, well that is awesome every other way Don I'm assuming that you're on so well I know you're on social media but I'm assuming that you personally uh, spend some time on there not just for the sake of best practice of having social media what's your favorite social media and it sounds so terrible but um, I I actually I I love TikTok, and I think churches really you should do. look at it more closely because it, it literally was the number one downloaded app last year by a landslide. It has the highest engagement right. rates. People are on it for hours on end. And it's not, you know, tweens and teenagers doing like goofy dance moves. It, you'd be amazed at the yeah. amount of really good content that's there. There's like yes. folks giving financial advice. There's chefs that are whipping up things. There are handyman yes. <laughs> so yeah so i'll I usually somebody that does like psychology on there like there's everything psycho there's i mean there's definitely some yeah. crazy rabbit trails of, of people that you know yes. but you're gonna find that anywhere you go so anywhere. right exactly right. but yes so i i love my my little animal videos it sounds so sad but <laughs> i know that you understand my heart Aaron. <laughs> so i can watch yes. you know yes i do yeah pigs all day long so we're we're good <laughs> that's right that's right uh well maybe uh my wife megan will be interested in hopping on tiktok when she hears all the great animal videos you can watch but uh anyways don thank you so much for your time and joining us here today everyone listening you're gonna want to reserve your spot at the social media church conference this year don is contributing uh alongside close to 50 other speakers um when you lean in nils and i just can't stress this enough your uh ministry is going to be amplified on social media and more people are going to uh, experience Jesus, hear the gospel, and we want to help you do that. And so make sure you don't miss out on this opportunity to do that. Uh, Don has a great talk. I'm so excited for you guys to hear a little bit more in depth about the surface level stuff we covered on the podcast today. If there's somebody that you know would benefit from hearing uh, Don's message and all the things she's working on, please feel free to share this episode with somebody that you're listening and wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit subscribe, write a review. Uh, it helps more people like me. When I first started ministry, I literally Googled social media church podcast. Uh, and for five years, this was the greatest source of inspiration for my ministry before I had anything to do uh, with hosting this podcast. Uh, but when you leave a review, more people like Aaron in 2013 run across this podcast. So uh, it's a worthy endeavor. Uh, we really just want to help resource ministries amplify their media or social media on social media. 
So Don, thank you again for being here. Make sure you hop in the show notes, connect, sign up for this conference. And until next time, my name's Aaron, and this is the Social Media Church Podcast. Thank you.